Welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. Doing stuff you like is cool, and so is making money. This is the show where you'll learn to do both, from people who are actually getting paid to do what they like. I'm your host, Bo Blackwell, and I'm here to help you discover how you, too, can get paid for that, whatever that may be. Hi there, and welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. This week, I'm joined by a good friend of mine named Jeff Salzenstein, who is a former tennis pro who now has a thriving business teaching people tennis online. It's a really cool story. He's got a lot of great tips about how he built his business and started growing his following, recommendations for tools and resources that you can use to grow your business, mistakes he made along the way that he learned from, and a whole lot more. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Before we get into the show, I just wanted to ask a quick favor, which is if you're enjoying the show, could you take just a couple of minutes and leave us a review on iTunes? It's a huge help and really gets the word out about the show and about helping other people make their dreams a reality. So to do that, just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes, and it'll have a whole rundown about how to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here, Jeff. It's really good to have you on the show. I'm very excited to be here and uh, to rap with you for a little bit. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So first off, I'll just ask you what I ask everybody, which is, what do you get paid for? <laughs> what do I get paid for? It's a great question. Well, I get paid to create, market, and sell tennis instruction courses online. And usually when I tell people that, especially if it's a social gathering somewhere and they ask me what I do, they can't wrap their head around the fact that I actually make money, make a living teaching tennis through the internet. Uh, the first thing they say is, hey, uh, so what do you do? Do you study someone's strokes? Do you do video analysis? I say, no, no, no. We create courses in advance and uh, we've learned how to market and sell them online and then people pay for these courses to improve their forehand, their serve, their backhand what have you, and uh, they have these these videos for life where they can download and, and check them all out. So uh, that's that's basically what I do. And, of course, we're going to get into more specifics soon here, but um, that's the uh, one-minute download. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So background-wise, you were actually a pr- professional tennis player on the tour and all that good stuff. Um, at what point did you decide that you were kind of done with that and ready to – get into the the world of instruction and then mm-hmm. furthermore going the online instruction route rather than you know doing what a lot of you know former pros do where they uh do live coaching or you know or just doing in person stuff what what made you want to do it online instead of uh you know just kind of going the traditional route well bo interestingly enough you know life has has its own plan for us and uh i was passionate about playing professional tennis i did so for 11 years and at the age of 33 i was at a bit of a crossroads i had um i was having some challenges um almost getting motivation or inspiration to continue to play on the tour even though i loved the game and had had success and was was got to top 100 in the world at the age of 30 played in all the grand slams I was still struggling um, with that kind of that burning desire to to keep it keep it rocking and keep going. And part of it is because I didn't have a great team around me 
uh, to support me. I was doing a lot of things on my own, mainly for financial reasons, because even if you're 100 in the world, 150 in the world, you're, you're not making a lot of money and you can't afford to pay for coaches and a whole entourage to go with you. So I also had a family event happen that actually it was a forced, almost a forced retirement out of the game. So it really wasn't on my terms per se, but looking back on it, it was a huge gift because it forced me into my next career, which actually was tennis coaching. And I started coaching kids. I started working with junior tennis players in Colorado. And about three years into that, somehow I, maybe I got an email or I was subscribed to someone's fitness blog. And it was actually Craig Ballantyne, I believe. And I got something about an email of, hey, do you want to create six figures online? You know, do you want to make 100000 online with your info products? And I thought, wow, that's an interesting concept. I have this wealth of knowledge as a former tennis professional. I've studied the game. I'm teaching the game now. I've got a system that is creating positive results, that created positive results for myself and also for my students at the time. And so I remember going to a seminar in Florida that he was teaching with another uh, fitness info marketer. And I just kind of, the ball just, the, the wheels just started turning. And from that point on, I started a blog. I started making YouTube videos. I had no idea what the heck I was doing, but I just I just started, you know, and that's one thing that people talk about in the online space is that, you know, you can wait uh, to do things or you can just take action every day. Even if it's wrong action, uh, you can correct your mistakes quickly and move forward. So that's what I did. I just jumped into it. And <clears throat> within a year, excuse me, <clears throat> within a year, I had created my first info product. It took six months longer than I thought. But that's that's kind of how I transitioned. I went from player to coach. And as a coach, you know, even though I went to Stanford and I got a college degree, it's a very challenging time when you're 33 years old and all your friends have been in the workforce for 10 years. They're highly successful and you don't really have regular quote unquote regular job skills. And, <laughs> right. you know, I didn't I haven't had a real job my whole life. I've just played tennis, you know, and so. So coaching was a natural transition uh, for me. And then learning this internet marketing concept and, and how to go global with it, how to share my, my passion with people all over the world, that was a really, really fun concept to learn about and, and to build a business around. And when I first started, you know, again, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't know what I was doing. I used all the money that I was making from teaching tennis to start this platform and it just kind of snowballed, and I've I've stuck with it, and um, here we are. What it's my first product launch in 2011, so we're almost at three and a half years, four years, and uh, it's been a, a fun ride to to get this get this information out there and, and help a lot of tennis folks out there. Yeah, that's fantastic. Were you uh, kind of a, a technologically inclined guy mm -hmm. when you first started getting into this, or were you having to? figure all the, the blogging and video production and all that kind of stuff out on the fly as you went? Absolutely not. I'd probably, <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, I'd probably grade myself out as a three. Um, I, I don't know how to, I don't, can't write code. I don't know how to create blogs. I, I, I'm one of these guys and, and maybe we'll talk about it later. I, I subscribe more to the Tim Ferriss concept of the four hour work week. I try to outsource and find people that are really good at what they do, and then they end up showing me how to do it. I don't really get in there and try to figure things out. I get frustrated. It takes too much time. And um, so I would rather work teaching tennis, charging my hourly rate, helping kids, and take that money 
and pay someone to show me how to do it than mm. to slave over something for hours to learn it. So I, that's just kind of how I operate. Um, other people are different, but for me, for my sanity, I, I just, I, I'm not very techy. Now I've learned things over the years just because people have shown me what to do, but you know, again, I still don't really create my web pages or anything. I have a programmer and I have uh, graphics and I have a marketing guy now. Um, and one of the things I did to get started was I did outsource overseas. So I do have contractors in the Philippines who clearly I pay a lot less to to do work for me. And um, that really helped me keep my costs down in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so if someone's starting out, that's really important to take a look at if you're not going to do it yourself. So yeah, I'm not technologically inclined. I think where my if I could be so bold to say my inner genius would be, um, I, I feel like I know how to see what's working and to model what's going on. So when I was first, uh, learning all of this, I would pick out the people that were making videos on YouTube or successful selling online in fitness or other sports. And I would look at their sales pages. I would look at their copywriting, I would look at their graphics, and I basically would model it. I would say, okay, these guys are doing really well. I'm going to make a page or I'm going to do something that is in the ballpark of what they're doing and not try to reinvent the wheel. So I was, I'm was, i pretty good at kind of solving and putting the puzzle pieces together of kind of overseeing the whole thing, but I, I'm not good at I can't do graphics. I can't do web. I can't do all the stuff that you need to do to be successful. And that's where the outsourcing came in. Gotcha. Yeah, that's an awesome tip. And I think that's absolutely true. Too many new entrepreneurs and people that want to build a business around their interest or their hobby, they feel like they have to figure out every piece of it. And it ends up making things take so much longer and, and in a lot of cases just not work because they don't know what they're doing compared to an expert that can knock it out in a day. So um, that's a great tip. Um, one question I had about this looking at what other people were doing and, and kind of analyzing it, were you sticking pretty close to your own niche or did you look at people in other niches as well um, outside of just you know tennis instruction or that kind of thing? Yeah, I actually looked outside. I looked at fitness because one thing I wanted to one thing I want to point out as well is that one of the first things I did when I got going is I did I got into a mastermind and I had uh I was actually in Craig Ballantyne's mastermind for about 6 months. And so I was in a group with other people doing what I was doing with coaches that had seven-figure businesses. And so that was really important for my learning curve. So for someone starting out if they don't get a coach, it's it's pretty difficult to know what to do. I mean, even now I have a coach and every day I'm basically talking to him, asking him for advice and for help. So um, it's really important to get a coach. I'm actually helping someone right now that's getting her blog up. And, you know, all the questions that she's she's giving me about her website and what to say and what to do, it's like, oh my gosh, like she's a total newbie. She needs a coach. You know, she can't, it, you just, it's hard to figure that out. So mm-hmm. Um, that's a really important concept. And so I looked at people in fitness. Um, I looked, uh, it's funny, one of the sales pages I first used in the very beginning, um, I, well, I studied video sales letters, John Benson's video sales letters. So he's in a different niche. Um, but I looked at a page, there was someone that had a page in actually the SEO market. 
and he had a page and I was talking to him and he was doing some consulting work with me. And I said, oh, how's your page converting? He says, oh my gosh, it's converting like 10%. It's uh, amazing, blah, blah, blah. So again, I was just starting out and I just took his page and clearly made my tennis video and changed all the copy. But I used the, I used kind of the format this hybrid sales letter with a video at the top and all the copy underneath. And we launched our first product and it just, you know, it just went like gangbusters. I mean, it was an amazing launch. Our first launch out of the gate was amazing. So um, that was maybe just blind luck because, you know, we've used that page for the last four or five years, haven't really changed it out too much. And it's certainly not converting like it did in the beginning. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I looked outside of tennis. Um, I also looked inside tennis because I think it's important to know, um, who is in your market, what they're doing, what, what you think may be working, what's not working, but I've had a lot of success looking outside of tennis. Okay, great. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people overlook is they feel like, uh, they, you know, they have to stay super tight when they're looking at other things to compare to. But I think you know, for one thing, just because there are other people in your market, it doesn't necessarily mean they're doing it right. <laughs> it may be that, you know, the other players in your market are missing out on some big things. And yeah, that you can model things. If they're successful in one market, they're probably going to be pretty successful in another. Uh, as long as you're looking at, you know, specifically what's working for them that is not tied just to, you know, just to that market. Obviously you can't use the same kind of sales messages, but you can use the same structure of a presentation or of the copy or that sort of thing. So, um, one question I wanted to ask you before we kind of step back and talk about how you got started is, um, when you're working with a coach, obviously, uh, you've come a long way in the time that you've been doing this are your conversations or are what you're relying on the coach for, is that pretty different now than it was when you first started out? Like somebody like you, who's built a, you know, a really thriving business. Like what are you going to a coach for now compared to when right. you were starting? Sure. It's a great question. I think it's a combination of things. Um, clearly I know maybe what to ask and the types of questions to ask now that I didn't know four years ago. So it's easier for me to just get, maybe straight to the point or to focus on the most important things and ask those, those questions. But, um, you know, right now, uh, for example, I'm interested in, in launching my first supplement online. So this would be a, a supplement that would help tennis players. And my coach happens to be very proficient at, uh, at being successful with creating sales funnels and, and revenue online with a supplement. So, you know, I'll ask him questions around that, of course, of, you know, what he suggests on price points, building out a sales funnel that could work, driving traffic to it, um, you know, sales pages, uh, even where to get liability insurance, you know, all of those questions that they actually would be similar questions to what I would have asked four years ago if that's what I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. so, so really, it's just for me, with the coach that I have, sometimes I'll ask kind of general, like, where am I going next questions, you know, big overarching 30,000 foot view questions. But generally, it's just real tangible action steps each day. Like, okay, I'm doing this webinar on next Thursday, 
um, how many emails do you think I should send before or when should I send them or what time should I do the webinar at or should I soft sell something uh, at the end of the webinar? These are all questions that are real tangible to the here and now and they're really no different than what I would have asked him four years ago. It's just, it's just I'm doing a different product or I have a different concept. So, so for me, having a coach, it's very important to almost either get validation or get direction going in the right, right, uh, going in the right direction. So, you know, to have a coach like that who has been there and who is further ahead in the game than I am, that can basically say, no, do this, can put you on a, on a straighter path to success. And clearly it takes money to, to invest in a coach. But for me, as I said before, I would rather work a second job or do something else to uh, fund having a coach than to try to do this alone and spin my wheels. So if someone can't afford a private coach or an expensive mastermind, uh, you can also get into local masterminds that, that aren't as costly with other like-minded people that can um, motivate you, make you accountable, and uh, to give you good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to step back um, and kind of talk about when you were first getting started before you had your first product, because you mentioned that going into this, you didn't have a business plan. So what did you decide to do? And, uh, you know, as far as starting to grow your audience and, and start to get traffic and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned it took you a year to, to launch your first info product, but were mm -hmm. you trying to monetize things before that at all? Or did you mm -hmm. just work on building up the, the following and audience before you tried to sell anything to them? Sure. So I thought at the time it was important to create a content blog because I did have a lot of content to share and I didn't want to just, have a flash in the pan product or business. I wanted, I wanted to be around for a long time. So I started creating a lot of content. I started putting it on YouTube and started getting some traction with YouTube. I would say, you know, within six months to a year, I had about 500 subscribers on my blog, maybe. So it wasn't, you know, a couple opt-ins a day. It was not uh, a lot of growth. And then when I launched my first course, I did do an affiliate launch. So I reached out to other people in the tennis market, and I was able to get an equipment company, another tennis coach online, <laughs> excuse me, and some other people to promote. And through that launch, I went from I think about 500 uh, subscribers to 3,000 in you know in a week. So that really gave me a nice little jump. So I built my list through affiliate. Uh, JV partnerships. That was very important. We did about five or six launches where we would add anywhere from a thousand to three thousand subscribers each time we did it. Um, then we were getting natural organic traffic from YouTube. And so those two have been the main source of traffic, uh, affiliates and, and YouTube. And now we have over, gosh, we have 250 some videos on YouTube, over six million views. And it sounds like a lot, but if you look at some of the other tennis guys in the market, they're, they're getting that kind of traction as well. So tennis players like to watch tennis videos. They like to watch tennis instruction. Um, that's how they learn. So that is a really good channel for us to get traffic. And what we'll do is we'll put an annotation or we'll put a link in the description or at the end of the video, I'll tell them to click the link below and then what they can do is click the link below and go to a landing page where they can get more free tips 
from me. So that's how we did it the first four years. Now we're getting into paid traffic. So we do have a sales funnel uh, that's, that's geared specifically for, for paid traffic. And we're, we're dabbling with that right now. And so far, so good. Um, that's, again, an area of exp- that I'm not an expert in. I do have someone handling that for me because I know what I know. I know content. I know tennis. Uh, I think, like I said, I know how to see what's working and not working, but I, I do have someone handling that for me because, you know, sitting there and staring at the computer and trying to figure out Facebook ads and Google ads and YouTube ads, uh, that's something that would also probably drive me insane. So um, you got to know your strengths and you got to know your weaknesses and focus on your strengths and find people to help plug the weaknesses. And so that's, that's what I've done as far as uh, attracting traffic. And, you know, I didn't monetize early because I wanted to come out with a real product that would work. And it was six months delayed because we didn't understand the technology. And I had an Indian programmer overseas who didn't really know either. And, you know, you learn from mistakes, from, from outsourcing, from not knowing how to do a product. But once you get the first one, <coughs> excuse me, and you get a little bit of success, you know, then you can start replicating. And that's what we did. Once we had success, then we started replicating future products and then everything started happening faster. So uh, that first one out of the gate was a challenge, but it was worth the wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, how did you decide what product to offer and, and for the subsequent ones? You know, do you survey your followers? Do you just kind of look at like what videos are your most popular topics or how did you decide what, you know, what the best offers would be? Sure. When we first started, uh, I decided I was going to create a course on the forehand. And the reason I did that was the forehand is a very popular stroke. It's not as popular, popular as the serve, but it's also a stroke that everyone's curious about. So I thought, well, let me just dabble and try this product on the forehand and didn't survey the list, didn't ask anyone, just kind of went with my gut, which most people would say, don't do that. Always survey the list, always find out what your customers want. But in tennis, I felt like it was it was somewhat easy uh, to make a choice like that because everyone knows that when you play tennis, you've got to hit forehands and backhands and serves, and those are the most important shots. So I said, well, I'll just do a test on the forehand. And it went so well that I thought, well, that went well. Let's do the serve next because I, now I knew what to do. Now, before we did the serve, we actually created a continuity program, a membership site, because we wanted to have continuity coming in every month. We want a consistent income coming in. So we did that second. And then third, we did the serve, which was the biggest launch we've ever had even, even now as we're um, you know, three times bigger in list size. Uh, the, the serve just blew it out of the water. And that really is the stroke that everyone is so curious about. It's so mysterious. Um, anyway, yeah. that is kind of, yeah, that is, that's what we did. We just, we went with it. Now, now I, I don't really survey my list a lot. I have uh, thousands of customers now. So sometimes I have some, some people that I've become close to, I'll actually just email them and say, hey, what do you think? Or I'm thinking about doing this course on strategy. And they'll say, oh, man, that sounds awesome. Or uh, I'm not really sure. So uh, instead of really doing big surveys to my list, I kind of just take a poll of some of my closer friends and, and um, that I've met through my website, which been another added benefit is I've met so many amazing people that, are, that have subscribed to my website that love tennis and love the work that I'm doing that that's been very gratifying. So 
for me, we made the whole suite of courses. We made forehand, backhand, serve, volley. Took us a couple years to get through all of that. And now we're transitioning. We did a little footwork course in February. At the time of, uh, of us talking, I'm, I'm kind of in a nutrition mode right now. We're going to test that out. And there's many other products we can create in tennis. And, and I'm sure we'll do some surveys in the future, but um, there's still a lot more we can do in tennis. Now, in other markets, I think it's probably a good idea to survey uh, to see what, what people want. But it's pretty well known in tennis that people like serve, people like doubles, people like strategy. <laughs> um, so you just got to keep coming up with courses kind of in that, in that ballpark for tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure your experience doing the in-person coaching and just being around the courts for a long time too helps you kind of get, get an insight. It's not like tennis changes that much really over the years in terms of what you need to learn. So I'm sure you were able to glean that just from interacting with people on a regular basis about it. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, I get to ask these questions all the time. So yeah, it's very helpful to have that, um, have that resource of all those subscribers giving me feedback. Cool. So since your um, kind of growth strategies and, and traffic strategies were so uh, content driven. I wanted to ask you about your process for creating content because to have been doing this for four years, I mean, obviously that requires a, a lot of dedication and I assume a lot of planning in terms of regularly, consistently putting out content. So what is your, um, your content schedule look like now in terms of how frequently you're putting out videos? And that could be, you know, both for your your YouTube channel and also maybe for your membership site, if you wouldn't mind sharing that. Sure. Um, just how regularly you're putting stuff out and, and kind of how you handle that since I know video production is something that's stressful for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. And uh, it would be stressful for me if I was doing it alone. When I first started, I was I was coaching and I had an assistant coach um, in my in my program helping me. And I came to him one day and I said, hey, I've got this idea to create information on the internet and he believed in what I was talking about. And we started with a flip camera and he started filming me make videos. That was in 2011 and maybe even back 2010. And we've just progressed together. I basically brought him on to do my videos and he learned, learned how to become a, a video guy, a vi- you know, shoot videos for me. So I've tried to set up the tripod and stand behind it and, that's very difficult. You know, I have a lot of compassion for people that try to do that and then also deliver great content. It is not easy. It's a lot easier if you have someone filming for you and all you need to focus on is being you and delivering the content. And so that's what, again, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough, fortunate enough to have someone who went in with me on this in the beginning and shoots all the videos for me. So that really helps a lot. Um, so Basically, we we release one piece of content a week. That's pretty consistently. And what we'll do is um, we'll get on the court most of the time and we'll create lessons for YouTube, two-minute tips, and we'll try to batch them. So we'll we'll try to shoot eight in one day. It takes us about f- probably three to four hours to do that, eight short lessons. And then from there, they have to be edited and then put on YouTube and the descriptions are written. I mean, there's a whole system in place. But my video guy and my my virtual assistants they help me put all that together and we try to release one video on YouTube which i also end up putting on my blog every week and then i send out you know an email letting them know and then as far as the content goes for for paid content i would say that we launch something 
about every quarter. So we probably do three to four products a year. Uh, it takes us a while to make some products, uh, to make many of these products, because we really go into a lot of detail with the content. We do a lot of voiceover, so we've got to shoot the video. Then we've got to do voiceover in front of the computer, uh, in front of the Mac, uh, and, then we, and then we edit it. So three to four a year, and then we're doing promotions throughout the year with previous products that we've created. So um, pretty heavy content schedule. Uh, as you said, has to has to be somewhat organized to know that, you know, if I'm going to shoot one day, I've got to have eight video lessons ready for YouTube. And uh, that takes some planning and some time. Um, but all in all, we've got a pretty good system in place where, again, as long as there's preparation and we know, OK, we want to launch this product around this time and we want to launch the next one in the spring and the next one in the fall then you know we can start to work backwards and and plan out a schedule to make that work and then of course you've got weather with tennis too it's much easier to film outside so in the winter here in denver where i live you know the con we don't film as much content so we get creative i do have a, a green screen that i use actually in my house so we can shoot videos at my house sales videos mm -hmm. so that's that's fun to do um but uh yeah that's pretty much what we do with our content okay very cool um, one thing I wanted to kind of circle back on is you were talking earlier about um, the affiliates and, and JV partners is something that helped you grow. Uh, and I'm sure there was some of that uh, when you got started in, in the tennis world, but I think a lot of people uh, that would like to create uh, an info product or uh, a business in, in a niche like tennis where it's kind of um, more interest-based, I guess – maybe feel like they don't know how to go about recruiting affiliates or maybe, you know, there's not a big affiliate base. Do you have any tips for how you went about recruiting people or approaching them? Um, you know, where was everybody kind of familiar with the idea of being an affiliate for information products or was that something you had to educate people on? You know, in tennis, uh, affiliate marketing is not that huge. Um, it's not, there's not a lot of people that really know kind of what we're up to and, also, other tennis coaches don't necessarily want to promote other tennis coaches because we're, we're making the same content. A lot of us are making the same content. So it's important to find people that have complementary products. Um, it's also important, even if they don't, just to be cool. I mean, that's one thing that I learned from my coaches in the beginning. I've also worked with Ryan Lee as well, who does a great job of helping people just starting out online, but just being cool. And what I mean by that is, when you reach out to someone, the first thing that you should do is to ask how you can help them. And, well, two things. Ask how you can help them in any way. And number two, uh, tell them how great they are. Uh, people always like to get complimented. People always like to be rewarded with kind words about the work that they're doing. So you know, instead of writing an email, oh, my name is Joe and I've got this product. Would you promote it? That's not going to work, um, especially if you don't have an existing relationship. I mean, mm -hmm. you think about, again, dating, uh, you know, dating and going out. If you go out with a woman, you definitely want to court her. You want to be uh, you want to be polite. You want to be a gentleman. Uh, and and with with the Internet marketing, with affiliate marketing, you want to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I saw what you're doing. Looks like you're doing some amazing work, really cool. Is there anything I can do to help you? And maybe even the first couple of emails, you don't even ask, uh, you know, ask 
what you need or w- what would help you because you really want to put the giving hand out. And it's amazing when you just come from that place alone, it can just change everything for you. And I think people come, I've noticed people email me and they don't really understand that concept. And right away they just say, well, I've got this app and I really think it'd be cool in your deal. And maybe you could like check it out and promote it sometime. And I'm just like, who is this person? Like, (laughs) I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. You don't know what I'm doing. I actually had that happen today. I got a Facebook message from a person I don't know that said, I have this new app that does this cutting edge tennis technology. It would really help all of your players do this, this, and this. Well, he's assuming that I'm still coaching players on the court. I'm not. And so it's just important, I think, to really find out more about the person, ask questions, build a relationship, build a friendship even. It's, it's fun doing business with your friends, not as fun to do it with complete strangers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just really believe in that, that motto of just being cool and caring, like to really care. And I actually, again, I got an email earlier this week from affiliate that had promoted for me for years, and he's not going to promote for me on this next thing. No hard feelings, no big deal. But he did say, you know, Jeff, I just want to tell you that you've always, even though I'm not promoting you, and he, this was unsolicited, even though um, you've, I've always promoted you and I'm not going to this time, I just want you to know you're the one guy in the market that really cares. And I can tell that you want to help players and that you want to treat your affiliates well. And that meant a lot. I had no idea that was coming, mm-hmm. but it just showed that, hey, you know what? I've been following this concept for four or five years, not really expecting anything in return or, or not being attached to, oh, I need this person to promote for me or whatever. It's just, it just put out a giving hand. How can I help you? And maybe you can't help them, but at least they know that you're thinking about them. And it's also, it's like um, in today's day and age, people don't write thank you notes anymore. People just send emails or, and I say people, that's a general statement. I'm sure some people are still writing thank you notes, but Imagine in today's day and age with email and texting, if you just get a handwritten note in the mail from someone, hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate all that you've done. That's a game, that's a game changer right there. And it takes you five minutes to do it. So kind of getting back to old school ways of treating people, that's what people should be doing to get affiliates. Yeah, I love it. That's great. <laughs> I've definitely always found that as well, that the more personal you can be and yeah, the more that you can give, it definitely makes a huge difference. Um I mean, one kind of aspect of that that uh, I wanted to ask you about because I, uh, I've noticed that you go to a lot of live kind of in-person events, and I've always found that in-person events are the best way to make those connections and find affiliates and JV partners and that sort of thing. Um, you know, do you recommend the the live events for people that are trying to get started and really trying to break into the space? It, it depends where you're at. Uh, I think that if you're just getting started, if you don't have a product to sell yet, you know, you probably should stay home or get a coach. That's where you should spend, you know, spend your money. Hmm. But once you maybe have a product or you know you're, well, yeah, you probably need to have at least one product because I don't think an affiliate is going to generally promote for you if you don't have a proven product that converts. And, And I'm talking outside the tennis market here. So, uh, I think that people 
I think that you should have something proven that works before you start networking to find affiliates. But what I do find you know, really beneficial about these events is the networking, the FaceTime in front of people, introducing yourself. Sure, there's great content, um, but you can actually get a lot of that content by probably buying the videos after, the, you know, after that uh, event is over. Um, so just being there being in that space, being able to meet a couple of people that could be key uh, to your growth is huge. So if you're, I don't know, if you're in the SEO market, it would be helpful to go to an event, (coughs) excuse me. And if there's three SEO guys there to make sure you introduce yourself and just say, Hey, I'm, you know, so-and-so and I'm in the SEO market or trying to get into it. I'm really passionate about it. I've been studying a lot of what you're doing. It's amazing. You know, thank you so much for sharing and just make that connection. And maybe, maybe you get an email address, but again, you don't, you don't get in their face and say, you know, if you're a complete stranger and say, Oh, I've got this new product coming out. You should check it out. Maybe promote it. Uh, I really think it's great. It's, it's kind of a turnoff. It's more like, Hey, just be cool. Talk about everything besides your product. Talk about, gosh, my Broncos stunk it up last week or (laughs) the weather's been so amazing in Denver and it's, the sun is out. I mean, talk about different things, try to connect with people on a personal level again, because people want to support their friends. And if you become friendly and you become cool with people, then, you know, it's, it's gold. I mean, it just works so well just in relationships, you know, long-term relationships that you want to build. You don't want to just have someone promote for you and then ne- and never talk to you again. You actually want to be friends with these people for, for a long time. So yeah, going to these events is very important just to get in front of people and to meet them for no other reason than just to make that initial connection. Awesome. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, so I had just a few kind of rapid fire questions for you before we wrap up. Um, the first one is, are there any specific tools or services that have really helped you grow your business that, that you'd recommend to other people? Well, certainly Odesk, uh, for outsourcing has been huge for me. Uh, big learning curve there. I, you know, I've hired some duds, but I've also found some pretty good people there. Uh, Elance is another one. I don't use it as much, but I, I really like, uh, these outsourcing platforms, I actually found my web guy on onlinejobsph.com, which is all Filipino uh, contractors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a cool place. Um, what else? Well, Optimize Press 2 is great to build quick uh, and easy landing pages and sales pages. That's awesome. Uh, ClickFunnels, which is a new software that's out that's even more robust than Optimize Press, is another great tool for people to check out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I use uh, Asana. So I used to use, I, well, we use Asana and Basecamp, uh, for project management. My favorite, uh, kind of sharing device is Dropbox. I'm sure everyone's probably familiar with it by now, but Dropbox is my best friend. <laughs> and, um, yeah, those are probably the key, the key ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Awesome. Evernote, Evernote's another oh, yeah. one that I'm using. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, in, any recommendations on a, a great book or, um, you know, website, like a, a guru or someone that you really look up to that's really, you find inspiring or that's been really beneficial from kind of a, a mindset or a strategic standpoint? Sure. Uh, f- I love Tim Ferriss's work. 
I love uh, life hacking. We didn't talk a lot about that today. Maybe that's another podcast sometime, but I'm really into life hacking and whether it's nutrition or fitness or running a business is finding ways to hack your lifestyle. So Tim Ferriss, I'm a big fan of his work, the four hour body, the four hour work week. He's also got the four hour chef, although I'm not a chef um, by any means. I'm more of a chef destructo than anything I <laughs> I destroy food. But um, but yeah, I love Tim Ferriss. Uh, anything to do again with with life hacking. Um, you know, there's the bulletproof executive who's online out there. He's he's got some really interesting information. Um, yeah, pretty much just like anything with life hacking. Some of my favorite book, uh, just for inspiration, that has nothing to do with business or 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 anything other possibly some mindset stuff is Jonathan Livingston Siegel it's about a 120 page book it's one of my favorites but it's it's about the seagull that doesn't follow the herd or mm. follow the flock I should say and uh it's a quick read but for me I if you're going to be an entrepreneur if you're going to be online it can be a lonely place you're you're doing something that no one really understands um and so that book it speaks to me and others like it, where you, you're paving your own, your own course, you're finding your own way, and you don't follow the herd or you don't follow the flock. And I've always kind of been that way. And so surrounding yourself with people that, that understand you is so important um, because, you know, if you're nine to five working in a cubicle every day, uh, and, and then you transition to this, you don't want to keep hanging, always hanging out with people that are doing that anymore. You want to hang out with people that are doing something very, very different. And, um, so yeah, just the Jonathan Livingston Siegel really jumps out at me. The alchemist is another, one of my all time favorites where the, um, the boy or the young man goes on his journey to find, to find himself essentially. And, um, so that, those are two of my favorite books that really have nothing to do with business, more of just inspiration and motivation, uh, type, type stuff. And, and again, like I said, Tim Ferriss, I keep coming back to him. Awesome. Yeah. Those are all great suggestions. I really like it. Uh, cool. Well, where can people find out more about you and, and check out your site and what you're doing with your, your tennis instruction? Jeff Salzenstein tennis. It's a mouthful. If you don't follow tennis, you probably can't spell Salzenstein, but uh, it's Jeff and then Salzenstein, S-A-L-Z-E-N-S-T-E-I-N tennis.com. And uh, yeah, we just put out free content every week, tennis videos. And uh, if anyone is you know trying to learn the marketing part, certainly you can kind of look and see how I'm creating the content both on YouTube and on my blog. So, and if you want to improve your forehand, we can help you with that too. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, Jeff. It's been really great talking to you and I appreciate all the, the great info you've shared with us. My pleasure, Bo. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Hey, Bo here again. Thanks so much for listening to You Can Get Paid For That. I'd love to know what you think about the show. So go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes where you can leave a review or subscribe to the show if you're enjoying it. I really want to know what you think, what you like, what you don't like, any suggestions you have for the show. So please go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes and let me know what you think. Also, if you want to stay up to date on the latest episodes, blog posts, and free resources, just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash subscribe. And you'll also be able to download my Quick Start Biz Quiz, which is seven simple questions you can answer to be able to tell whether your business has potential, 
what you need to do to make it better and really get it off the ground, and much more. So check that out at youcangetpaidforthat.com slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.